from the top. Hold, 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 hold. Drop that. Yeah. Feel the funk, y'all. From Alpha to Omega, VHS to Beta, PlayStation to Sega, my skill is still greater. The sickest thing since BD, wicked like BG, with my life crooked like the left finger on ET. Please believe me, this be the realest thing I ever wrote. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sends and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley, and today we are doing things a little different. I have my main man, Albert, here with me, and his podcast launches today. Uh, if you guys watched the previous Instagram live or anything else that we were doing, what we had done is did a little Instagram live hmm. and then we told you that the video was open. So if you guys haven't listened to episode 11 with Melissa, please check it out. Understanding the whole turmoil with racist root names is something that everyone should be involved because let's just be honest, rock climbing is so cool and so great. We want to share it with everybody and we want to make sure climbing is for everyone. But today we're going to talk about this guy. And this guy is rad. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, just go for it. I'm Albert Oak. I'm not rad. I'm just okay. Because my last name literally rad. spells okay. <laughs> but I have a YouTube channel that I've grown to, what, 32,000 subscribers yeah. in short eight months. Started from nothing. I started climbing, not at this location, but at another summit gym. And I grinded my way and crawled my way out of V0. Just climbed 8A this year, so V11 and close to 514. But um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I got to join this podcast. It was a great time. And you got to see foot me. Five. We'll do some foot action, foot yeah. five. No, oh, nice. Yeah. So guys, I know you're used to, well, you're not used to anything. What am I talking about? We're just now doing this. So while this is actually, while you're actually watching this right now, hold on, I'll start over. While you are actually watching this right now, out with video, I always have to remember my hands have to be in the same place. You know, it yeah. looks weird, but regardless. Okay. So while you guys are watching this right now, I am actually in Moab. Uh, I'm doing a fun project with Jeremy Collins, uh, a bunch of other people, and I will hopefully have service and kind of share it with you. Honestly, I'm not. I'm hoping I have no service whatsoever <laughs> so I can forget about the world. I love you, but I want to forget about the world. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to talk about the podcast, and I don't want to give anything away, but I think your story of where you talk about from where you come and rock climbing is super important. But one thing that I think is really important is all the little lessons because a lot of people don't know that, you know, you were a climbing coach. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are struggling with climbing, you're new to climbing, you're a seasoned climber, there's a lot of little nuggets in here that you guys can take from this and really apply to your own climbing. And if you're like me, climbing is life. You can apply climbing as a lifetime metaphor, you know, because we all struggle just to send. Uh, and so please take a moment to really dive deep. This episode is nice and short. So if you're trying to commute to work, this is cush and perfect and just for you. But thank you guys for joining. And we will see you on the flip side very soon. Should I do a flip for the flip side? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's do a flip. Hold on. Hello. How's it going? Going well. How have you been, man? Uh, well, we uh, just crack climbed in 108 degree Fahrenheit. It was your first time attempting the Tilda Bridge. That's my literal first time also crack climbing. Period? Uh, I guess I practiced on wood, but it was like, you know, five feet, right? Okay. So that was rough. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget a friend. Uh, do you remember Jared Staines? 
It sounds familiar, but... Did you know Kenzie Davis back in the day? So they were besties. They were roommates. Jared Staines, I'll never forget, he said, you got to get mad enough to kick a puppy to want to be able to crack climb through painful sections. (laughs) And I never really agreed with them. And then I actually remember doing my first real painful climb and I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm definitely mad enough to kick a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty mad. Like that's, you got to be really mad. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, it's other than that, it's just like unbearably, well, it's not unbearably painful, but it definitely is way more painful than you want it to be. So I didn't get to that point today, but I'm sure if I kept doing it, I might. Uh, well, I'm proud of you today. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be good. Did you get the front side of this? On yeah, I did. From this today? Yeah. Well, I had a little flapper, but then I scraped it in more because I placed it like this, and then I cupped it instead oh. of just going cup. Yeah, going in cup. So like it's going in cup and expanding. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I find that works well is like get your hand in like kind of as a fist, and then shove it in there, and then start bulging it out as much as you can. And, and there was like like pebbles in there and that's what I did it on. Oh, yeah. I, I was trying to crimp it. Listen. I saw you crimp the last stone. So for those of you guys who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, in Dallas, there's only, there's one well-known crack climb, <sighs> AKA Buildering. Uh, but there are a few more, but we won't get into those today. But we did the Matilda Bridge, which I think it goes at 10C, 10C, 10B, somewhere around there. It's proper 510. Like, it's definitely not a warm-up climb yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And uh, it's definitely a night ascend in the month of August. Yeah, well, especially when it's not 108. <laughs> Wait, that's, I guess, yeah, it's not a warm-up climb. And that was my warm-up, and I've never crack climbed. Yeah, well, luckily, you were climbing in the gym before you showed up. Yeah, so I was, like, warm, but it's a different pump. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think the most noticeable thing for you was your feet. Like yeah. once you started like cranking your foot over, yeah. it made a huge difference. Once you you had to like tell me con- constantly because I would forget. Because in me, when I climb, I'm naturally like frog position. Really? It, yeah, I love being frog position. I noticed that, and you know, I think about that now. I think about you doing comps back in the SBS. Yeah. Uh, and I would definitely notice that. Why is that? I have very really open well hips. You. Yeah. You have flexible hips. Very very flexible. I can do the splits. All directions so the i can get really close into the wall and take all the weight off my arms so um kind of flipping gears here so you were coaching with us here in dallas you were a head coach at grapevine then you moved to colorado uh you were working at rack and ice you're no longer there now mm-hmm. and now you in my opinion run one of the most successful and fastest growing climbing based youtube channels on the internet i think period like I mean, you know, I, I personally, me, I think you're coming for Magos real fast. So, you know, I did say that, Magos. <laughs> Man, you're like, stroking my ego. But uh, no, I, I think it's it was a very cascading event that sort of happened. So what happened was I had a really, really bad laptop. Like, absolute, I think it was $80. No joke. And so... I got a call and I was like, hey, there's a position at Rock and Ice. And I was like, I don't have anything on my resume. I've done nothing Rock and Ice related. And they're like, maybe make a video, show them that you have some skill. And so I made the first episode of Beta Break almost a year and a half ago from today. And I sat on it and I sent it to them and they're like, oh, it's cool. It's whatever, you know, it's it's cool. And I, I didn't release it for a year, almost a full year. Wow. Yeah. And then I was like, I left the job, the job happened, Corona happened, literally everything bad happened back to back to back where it was like sort of out of my circumstances. And I'm sitting here 
I got rejected at a job at like a retail store because I was overqualified. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm just like depressed. I'm like, ah, I really need a job or something. I'm working online a little bit here and there, but it's 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 nothing. So I've always wanted to create a YouTube channel. And I've had a YouTube channel since high school, but it never really took off. I never really pushed it. I never cared about it. I know. It was very personal videos. And I released the first episode and I got absolutely zero views. Until the night I posted on Reddit and then it blew up instantly. Ha, yeah. that's always the beta. I feel like Reddit and Twitter are like both like real toxic wastelands if you're not careful. Ruthless wastelands. 50% comments, cool video. 50% you're absolutely the dumbest person I've ever listened to. You don't know clue what you're talking about. Do you even know who Akio Noguchi is? Like, like they're making fun of me for like pronouncing it wrong, but I was like- oh, That's great. <laughs> I've met her. She pronounced it to me in person. I, I think I know what I'm doing. And uh, overnight it went from like 3,000 and then like the next day it was like a 10,000 and it kept on climbing, climbing, climbing. I was like, I should like probably do this, right? Like yeah, making yeah. a new video. Hey, I definitely think your content, and we talked about this briefly, yeah. I do think you are actually providing a real good service to the community because your content is actually, it's really good, it's educational. And I really like how you are catching on more of, I would say the culture and the, the culture and the lingo and the swagger of climbing. Uh, like I compare you to Cody Bradford, uh, the Cody Bradford at Instagram. Yeah. Uh, he's an AMGA guide and he does like, you know, all the trad stuff, all the sports stuff, like real strict, like AMGA to the book, really cool. Um, and like just shows you, and I feel like he is what you watch if like you wanna know how to go outside and rock climb. And you are what you dive into if you wanna understand rock climbing as a cultural mm -hmm. phenomenon. And also kind of understand, like, I think I haven't watched it yet, but I like chuckled real hard when I saw your dab video. And I'm really like, really excited to see this. <laughs> I initially was relying on Beta Break because that, my, that series got really catchy. And the algorithm sort of worked where every time I like post something and I put in the title Beta Break, it'll catch a lot of views. Nice. But then, I, I'm like thinking, I don't want to be known for a, like a one hit wonder. I don't want to just only have this series. Okay. And so I've been starting like releasing other videos, like the dab video. Mm -hmm. And like I released like a parkour video. And now I'm like creating a community sort of. Oh, nice. Where I've, I've been doing live streams and people are popping in and like telling me a lot more messages. And I've understood that like, you know, the worst thing a creator can do is stick to like one thing forever. Yeah, I agree. Just because it works doesn't mean you should stay there. No, I definitely agree. I yeah. think I'm guilty of what you're talking about, like holding on to something. I want something to be perfect. Yeah. And it's probably only in the last, I want to say in the last like three weeks that I've really just kind of turned like the fuck it meter all the way to 11. And like, oh. yeah, and just like, okay, if it's not great, I'm just putting it out there because I've definitely had a couple people reach out to me like, hey, I really liked your like gear closet when you were talking about gear, when you're talking about these things. And, you know, I really respect what you're talking about, like BLM and all this other stuff. But can we get back to climbing? Yeah. You know, and at the same time, I'm like, no, no, like we're going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Yeah. Like if you're here, you're you're here to watch what I have. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think like your channel has to evolve as you evolve. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard thing working at Rock and Ice. I couldn't make content because I was under contract where it's like, oh. since we're talking to advertisers, I can't be biased. So I can't say that I like an athlete even, or oh. I can't be public about, I like Scarpa shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I can't be public about that because then like a whole bunch of politics get involved. So that makes sense. I kind of had to break free to be myself. And now I'm realizing, wow, 
I've always wanted, I've always had that mantra of being myself and just, mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else. But then why was I not actually following my advice until just now? I mean, it's one thing it's to, so it's one thing to believe in some, believe in yourself in one thing is another thing to walk in that, like walk, talking the talk and walking the talk, I guess it's the simplest way of putting it out. And it's very different, yeah. but dude, I'm excited for you. I think, I think you are creating great stuff and I think you're only going to get better. And I think, uh, the community that you're growing is going to help you grow that. Are you working on anything in particular coming up that like people can look out for? Oh, I'm working on a climb. So my next series is climbing styles and the Japanese video got a a lot of traction. I'm working on one uh, about Singapore and I've interviewed, uh, inventor of belay safe as well as a North face ambassador that climbs in Singapore. Nice. Okay. So for the audience that doesn't know what belay safe is, what is that? So these Singaporeans, they actually told me a really heartfelt story. So the the inventor saw a girl fall like on lead, ground fall, and he broke her fall, snapped both his arms, but she's lived. It was like probably a 40, 50 foot fall. Oh, wow. And so he designed this product where as long as one per, if the climber's tied in and the belayer just completely lets go, it'll, uh, it's not quite an auto belay, but it will, um, create enough friction so it'll let the climber fall at a controlled pace. So is it almost like uh, Edel Ridge has this product that they put on the wall. You know what I'm talking about? That one is, yeah, the ohm. Yeah, I think it is for people who have major weight disparity. Mm -hmm. And I've I've liked the concept of it. You know, and granted, I've only used it once or twice. So, you know, I'm not a, uh, this is not a full review of this product, but I've definitely noticed like a little bit more rope drag, a little bit more things. Like there's definitely, uh, it's hard. And I think also too, like, you almost have to relearn how to belay because you can't use the same finesse that you would use on the ground of like beating and going back and forth because that thing applies so much friction in the system. It's kind of like that, but I think that one's more for yeah the weight disparity. This one is if the belayer literally like loses their mind. So where does it go in the system? Um, you can either put it at the top or at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Like, does it need to be anchored, anchored into, into the ground? Uh, yeah, makes sense. but it, it was a pretty cool device. Um, but m- more importantly, I got to like sort of learn about Singaporean climbing culture there. Okay. And that is like a world that nobody knows about. When was the last time you thought about Singapore? You know, never. Right until like now. Yeah, I mean now I'm very curious. Yeah. So so now. Uh, are you planning on going over there and hanging out or doing anything? Nah, I'm just, I, I just did a video call, so okay, maybe cool. in the future, right? I actually been there a long, long time ago when I was a kid. Oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. They, dude, that's rad. That's yeah. rad. Okay, well, I'm excited yeah, to see that yeah. when it comes down the pipeline. And actually, I guess that sort of segues into like, I've, my, my family's moved like 14, 15 times. Oh, wow. Insane amount of times. We moved almost like every year. And I know you are a person that like moves around all the time. Yeah, I have quite a bit. I'm a military brat. Yeah. I travel around. And then I think right before you started coaching, I had just fully moved out maybe like 10 months earlier. I just fully moved out of my Ford Aerostar yeah. from just like working Monday through Thursday and then kicking out, driving as far as I could, and then uh, usually taking like a half day because what we didn't have to work until like five or yeah, four. Yeah. So I would basically leave in enough time the night before on Sunday to either climb early in the morning wherever I am, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, climb early in the morning and leave or leave the night before. Like I was at Red Rocks one time and it's like a 12 hour drive. So I drove basically to the Texas state line from Las Vegas. Yeah. And then I knew if I just slept on the border, 
on uh, Texcan or whatever uh, that yeah. or whatever all these Texas original uh, state names, <laughs> but uh, original names of these towns. But I knew if I drove to the border, it was only like what seven hours. No, like five hours, five, five, six hours to Dallas. And it was like, you know, and I find it like so funny, like for anybody who doesn't know, Texas is ridiculously too big. It was like six hours, six to seven hours going through Nevada, New Mexico, maybe even a little bit of Colorado. Yeah, you go through like four states, right? And then and then you get to Texas and it's just like, all right. But how do you balance that? How have you always, I feel like every time I see you somewhere else and how do you balance that? That's like so... I, I look up to that. Uh, I would, okay, so the way I plan my trips is I can tell you where, well, COVID obviously has changed everything. Yeah, yeah so let's just, that's a non- Imagine last year, right? Yeah, imagine last year. I would have my climbing trips planned out till 2022. Wow. Like I know where I want to go. So my basic math is this, is I know it's going to cost me 600 bucks to get to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know I want to go to Yosemite or I want to go to the jailhouse or I want to go to Bishop or wherever mm-hmm. and climb. And I generally have a rule is like, I need to save two, somewhere between two and a half times the amount of what I think it's going to cost for me to get there. Yeah. It never costs me that much. Yeah. Like on average, it, I, you know, let's say I think I need $500. So I'm saving like, you know, 1250 on average. I think I burned through like 800 bucks mm-hmm. tops, but um, because I plan this so far out in advance, I'm able to make changes. And I think that's the one thing that people don't account for. Honestly, it's really worked out well. That's how I end up like going to these random ass places and yeah. climbing, uh, climbing in Flagstaff. I would have never been there. I was actually going to go climb in Cochise. I got to climb in Mount Lemmon a little bit. Uh, but I went to Cochise and the weather was terrible and everybody was like, oh, just go to Mount Lemmon. I'm like, okay. That's, I'm like, that's not that far away. It's the weather. I'm like, no, but Mount Lemmon's so tall. You can drive up to different altitudes. Uh, so I drove above the cloud line and just went climbing. Sick. And so, and then that's kind of how it's always worked out. And so I generally have three to four trips that I plan. And then prior to COVID, I was actually trying to plan a little bit more international. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to try and do Mexico. I was working on um, t- going, trying to go to Europe. I was reaching out to uh, Hazel and trying to get some like beta from her yeah, yeah. and when to hit some coastal climbing, even if it was just bouldering. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's the big thing. Like most people think of like dirt baggers and like, the thing is, is like true dirtbaggers are people who just go somewhere and squat. Yeah, yeah. But your modern day dirtbagger, they're, I personally think they're really organized people because they're like, I only have so much amount of time. Mm-hmm. I want to make the most of what I have. And that's honestly, I started doing that in my Ford Aerostar. But prior to that, I started doing that in uh, my old, I used to have a Mazda pickup truck and I didn't actually have a cart. Oh, it was red, definitely. I had an orange Mazda truck. Oh, B4000 or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember mine was a four banger engine. Oh, oh yeah, I, mine was like ugly as sin because it was dented because yeah, I wrecked yeah. on it all the time. I remember I didn't have a topper. And I, mean, yeah. I just put a uh, big piece of OSB foam board over hey. the top of it, so it was like a ca- it was like sleeping in a casket. It works. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could sleep, and I that's all I really cared about. Does it and bother I bother you? No, no. Everybody thought I was real creepy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it works though. What works works. Yeah, man. So that's that's honestly what's made climbing most successful. Um, and I think also too the misconception that like you can't have a real job and do this climbing thing. But I think if people would just, 
I think if people would put as just much as, I, I, I might be wrong when I say this, but if people put as just as much attention to detail as they do when they go grocery shopping or they buy a couch or buy a bed or buy a TV, I think they'd be surprised how much actual rock climbing you could do. Just most yeah. people are lazy with their trips. They just want to go somewhere. Everybody wants their climbing trip to be like going to rifle. Everybody wants their trip. And like, that's just like, if you avoid that kind of situation, you can make your dollar grow a lot farther. Mm -hmm. So there's like six different crags that are world-class. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I yeah. like, like the thing. Rifle. Yeah. And like, I think people, you and I were just talking about this. Yeah, like yeah. you have the flat iron. No, sorry. You have not the flat irons. You have, um, uh, frying pan. you have the frying pan, you have the notch, you have the gash, you have lizard lake. You have redstone. Oh yeah. Narrows. Yeah. The Dude. past. Yeah. There's so much stuff right there and everybody goes to rifle. Rifle's cool. It's cool, but it's super cool, but there's more out there. Yeah. And I think people, I think most people that have you had a chance to like really explore since you moved out? There? Yeah. We've been going to a lot of different crags and been trying it all out, but we haven't gone through everything yet because there's still so much. Yeah. I feel like there's so much coming online too. Yeah. We got like sidetracked at Redstone because we're like, we had a project. And it's like, oh, oh nice. what, did, what did you guys try to do? Uh, Judas Goat. Okay. I got all the moves. I'm so close. I need one. I've never gotten on it. I've done Mother Jumper yeah. uh, there, but I know that route. I've seen it. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That would be my first 514. I'm I'm close. I was very close. My last attempt before it got too hot, I like fell at the crux. I was like, I can do this. I 100% can do this. Oh, dude, I'm nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's nice. I'm excited to see you send that thing. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you do, like, we need to like have like, ooh, dude, we should have like a virtual party. I need a 514 party. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> because I don't sport climb, so like to me, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have been trying to do, like that was actually my goal. I wanted to try to put down, I was super confident. I wanted to put down 13D this year. And yeah. if I put down 13D, I was like, okay. 14A, it's just like, if I can do 13D, I can do 14A. Half the times, 13D is harder than 14A. I would arguably say that because yeah. like, I've gotten on, I've definitely tried moves on both. And I've definitely gotten on 13As where I'm like, this is some convoluted bullshit. Yeah. And I've gotten on 14As where I'm like, this is just hard. Yeah, like, it's just hard. Just, like, this is really but it's big. simple. It's very simple, yeah. but it's like this, I just need to be, I need way more power endurance. Yeah. And I've definitely gotten on hard 13Ds where I'm like, I need to learn the beta. And that's like what's been happening with mm -hmm. me in, uh, in Last Chance Canyon. And it's honestly, it's not, it is hard as freaking nails. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But it's just so, the route is so freaking reticent How up to a point. It? Huh? How long? Uh, so it's, I think it's 13 or 14 quick draws okay. almost. And it almost turns into a dead roof in an amphitheater. It's in Solstice It's pretty long. Uh, yeah, so I want to say it's like, I, I have to bring a 70 meter. Mm. And when I wrap down with a 70 meter, there is maybe eight meters worth maybe eight to six meters worth of rope left. Okay. So it's long. Yeah. Uh, and... It's just like there is, so once you get past bolt, I want to say bolt five, you're just like, you might as well just be like climbing, bouldering a dead roof for four bolts yeah. on small holds. And you're just like recycling handholds as feet. And then you're like, like the biggest thing is, is like I, the thing I learned with it is like, I need to be able to hold a lever mm -hmm. a little longer because I can hold a lever, but what I need to do is hold a lever just long enough to find my feet in a couple different places. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the thing that was killing me. But, you know, I mean, in classic style, I just, you know, put a stick clip up there and just ran through the whole thing, put it up there and then yeah, tried to yeah. back clean it. And that's the one thing I learned. That thing was super, super hard. But everything else there is amazing. I want to go there for sure. Dude, 
Last Chance, in my opinion, is one of the best kept secrets in New Mexico. And everyone who's listening to this, I know all the New Mexicans, you are so angry for me for saying this. Give it up. Uh, yeah, I am, but uh, it's an amazing place. I will give everyone a little beta for this place. Um, it is a very small town, small population. So everything that you think about Leave No Trace, uh, is it's 100% there. And the place was closed and shut down to climbers for I don't even know almost maybe even a decade it was it was a long time I don't know the length of time but I do know that like it's kind of a blessing to be able to climb there so if you guys do decide to go there you know be OCD about leaving no trace and be OCD about being super respectful being there because that place can get shut down in a heartbeat and um yeah that's not what anybody wants so just throwing it out there yeah all right so next year we'll 14a yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, easy. You want to do double fourteen A? Yeah, yeah. I think if I go back when it's cold, I think I can do it. Even this year, uh, I'm not saying. What is it? Redstone is definitely a winter crag. Yeah. Well, uh, I would fall like, fall crag. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because yes. I was climbing it in dead of summer. Ooh, it's hot. It's hot. Yeah, because what is isn't that a east facing wall, west facing wall? Uh, I don't know directions. <laughs> I know it gets sun first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. That thing is hot and. But it's my style because like, it's just hard bouldering and then you get a rest. So it's like a V9 mm -hmm. and then like a V3 and then you rest. And then it's like a V8 and then you rest. And that's then it's cool. another V8 and then you rest. Oh, so cool. it's very my style for a boulder. It's like perfect. Nice, yeah, I like sustained movement. I wanna be able to get on a route and then you just push for like, you know, 50 to 60% of the route you get a nice solid rest or even even a bad rest yeah. just shaking out and then from that moment on it's like it's go to favorite do like that i just don't have the endurance to like build that up i would argue that you do i think it's more mental for most people yeah. because i think like like i can't tell you how many climbers that i see in videos and i even watch people and they're like pulling 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 and they do this and they're pulling through and they're super strong like you and then they get off the, and then right when they fall they're like <gasps> And they're like not hold, they hold their breath through like four or five or six bolts. I've had that problem. And I think that's like, I don't know. I and just over the years of, you know, and you and I have both coached kids. Like uh, how many times have we like watched kids almost pass out? Yeah, like, just, like <laughs> and then like they're trying to climb 40 feet and then they're like, not gonna happen. yeah, it's never going to happen. So rock climbing's hard. Breathe. I got really bad at not breathing until I, I just got more comfortable being around rock that I finally like I can move the way I normally move, breathe the way I normally move breathe but yeah that took a long time for me to learn and understand that rock is so much of a different beast than plastic yeah uh actually you know i'd like to throw this out there so i have always argued for years and granted i've never done any studies or anything to do this mm -hmm. but i think the reason why people get injured more on plastic than they do on rock is because the wood flexes, mm -hmm. the hold flexes, mm -hmm. you know, maybe even the bolt flexes a little bit. And that little bit like inflames, like you can inflame your elbows or anything. And on rock, people talk about like, my elbows never hurt when I touch rock. Yeah. My elbows, like, cause it doesn't give or anything. And I think it's such a different angle. I can think that's like a little bit something. Cause when I go to summit, I feel a little flex, but then when I go to movement in Denver, the walls feel really hard. And I always tell people, like, these holds feel hard. 
because oh. it doesn't flex and it feels harder to climb there for me initially until I get used to it. Yeah. And I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I definitely would say that's true because, and I've just noticed that across the board going to gyms in general, like it's just the nature of an indoor climbing gym and the nature of outdoor rock is just not that way. But I will say the biggest thing, I think that most people have a learning curve of like going from outdoor rock, uh, indoor to outdoors is like people are looking for a roadmap instead of just like kind of like they don't know how to read they don't know how to read texture i guess it's like yeah. what i'm trying to say like there's no they don't think depth perception they don't think texture they're always looking for like this like the path and the harder the line is the more obvious the route is mm -hmm. And I think people look for that. That's why, like, a lot of, like, I think your younger climbers go straight to 513, straight to 514, or straight to 512s, because they're yeah. like, it's easy for them to read, and it's also hard, so it's, like, bragging points. But I've learned how to read solely bit by uh, doing a lot of trad routes, because at that point, when you're doing bigger routes, even easier trad routes, you kind of have to slow down, because you know, on big, easy routes, it's super easy to get lost. What's your opinion about, like, building the base? Hey everyone, it's me, Albert Oak. Uh, I just wanted to jump in really quick and say that I'm working on a very, very special and important video to me. It is about Justin Salas, the World World Cup Paraclimbing Champion for Visually Impaired Category, B2. And it was just amazing to watch him climb V10 in front of my eyes while you know he's visually impaired. We had an amazing conversation that I can't wait for all of you to explore and listen to. This is sort of a video that hasn't really been done before, so I can't wait to show the world what he has to say in his story and what I did to edit it. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a moment to tell you that today's sticker is brought to you by Lay's Design. L-E-Y-S. Lay's has funny, great, comical climbing stickers and more. You can find her shop on Instagram. So if you guys get a chance, check out Lay's Designs. What do you mean by building the base? So like, you know, people always talk about like doing the grade pyramid where oh, you do like yes, 10 yes, V yes, zeros, yes. 9 V1s. So building your base, I think it's like, there's five facets of it. You build your base, obviously on grades. You build your base on styles and texture of like different kinds of rock, whether it be limestone, you know, granite, pink granite, mm. quartzite, blah, 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 blah. You build your base on seasons, like climbing in multiple seasons. Uh, and you should also build your base also, and I know this is probably gonna sound really dumb, but you need to climb with a lot of people and partners because I think that's something that's taken for granted because I've climbed with a shit ton of people and I've been really privileged to travel enough and I almost know someone in every single major, I know at least two people in almost every state that has rock climbing, yeah, yeah. so I have a place to crash. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I think the simple answer, the simple part of building your base is what we're all trying to get out of it is when you walk up to a route, there's less that's very new to you. And when I say new, I mean new in the term of novel, not just like a new route. Like this is a very novel route for you. Like there's nothing you've seen before. Uh, and I think that is very important. But I think just building your base for like, I need to do X amount of this and X amount of this to move on. No, it's not really necessary. I do think like doing it in dis different disciplines helps you out. Like mm. I, I, I will honestly say climbing multiple 12s definitely made climbing 512 trad and five hard 511B trad way easier. And even though I climbed them in sport, 
moving into climbing space or in things in Vegas or plugging gear or mm-hmm. uh, mixed space and crack uh, definitely made it a lot easier. So I think the biggest thing is, is like you're trying to gain your wealth of knowledge. And I think most people just like want to treat this like an, I, I don't know, they just, they want a lesson plan, right? Yeah. They want a lesson plan where they just want to do the thing. And they're like, it just doesn't work that way. I don't know. I don't think climbing works that way. Because- I could, Man, so my climbing is is trash. Like the the way it evolved is so gung ho, and like it, it it didn't form the way that most people would ever go. I've only climbed in the gym mm-hmm. for like four and a half years, right? And then just in the last three months, I climbed V eight, V nine, V ten, V eleven, five thirteen, and then five thirteen plus. Because I've been training like so hard indoors, and the second I like actually understood rock, the first. The first one took so long. Mm-hmm. It took like the, almost a whole month. Once I did the first one, it just like all went down back to back to back. I can see that. And so that's why like, a lot of people like kind of give me crap about like not building the base. And I'm like, I've been training so much indoors. It's I have I have the foundation. Anyone who gives you crap about not building a base, at the end of the day, like, are you outdoors climbing? Yeah. And then you're winning, so screw off. Like yeah. that's just kind of my attitude. But I get it. Like not building a base, but like. What are you climbing for? You're climbing to send hard things. You're climbing to have fun. And if you have access to that rock, start wherever you have access to, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you can do that. Plenty of people who I think have your story climbing hard things because they have access to that and not climbing, you know, 10 V's, 5's and all this other yeah. stuff. And in all honesty, you're not missing out on anything, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You're not. Yeah, I could see people giving you shit for that. But I, th- you know, in all honesty, I think they're just drinking that hater Kool Aid and they're sad that they're not sending those grades. And so they can go, they can go somewhere else. Yeah. Oh. But I guess that's also another topic. What's what's your opinion on like grade chasing? Because for me, I don't know. You know, the most imp- best climbers, the one that's having the most fun, and it just turns out that a lot of the things I'm drawn to are by chance hard. I think the hard routes are the fun routes. Yeah. I, I think that's just a fact, and I think anyone who's climbed long enough knows whatever hard is to you, because hard is relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hard routes are the fun routes, and I think people, I, I think grade chasing is great. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think greed chasing is very detrimental and terrible when your ego is wrapped up into mm-hmm. it. Because I think I think you've even heard me say this before, but rock climbing is a very ego-based sport. It's 100%. And, you know, if you cannot separate yourself, if you can't pull back and have this, like, introspective look on rock climbing, chasing grades is super detrimental because all you're going to do, and, like, within a month, you're going to fucking hate rock climbing and it's going to suck and you're just going to be wondering why people are ascending and why everyone is having more fun and you know this is going to sound super dumb but anyone who's rock climbed long enough knows this statement is true what i'm about to say is i'm not going to climb my project today i'm just going to climb you know nothing harder than 511 today and you send all day long and you have a great day yeah and you're just like people like what'd you do like dude i sent every 11 in the entire park and they're like wait a minute you climbed like 25 routes in a day you're like, yeah, That's I had a great nice. day. Yeah. And people were like, well, why didn't you try your project? It just wasn't even on my mind. And you have so much more fun. I think people take that for granted. And so that's, I think, that's the bad part of grade chasing. Like, you can grade chase, but, you know, why are you doing it, I think, is the question you have to ask mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, if you're doing it because it's fun, then more power to you. But if you are actually at any point in time sitting down and, like, just really ragging on yourself, I think you need to reevaluate, like, why are you trying to climb? Because if you're climbing for your ego, 
and for acceptance from other people, no one cares about your rock climbing. Yeah. Like, like that's like I think that's the big thing that needs to be said. Like, no one gives a shit about your rock climbing. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, and I don't. Like, shit about yeah, at the end of the day, I don't really care. It's like, oh, I want to climb cool. my things. Like, yeah. cool, cool, right? You know? Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy for you if you like make an accomplishment. But like, yeah, but ultimately, it doesn't affect my climbing. No, not in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. No, not unless we're both on the same route doing some big multi pitch. Yeah. You're one person, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well be. I think people just need to understand that rock climbing is an ego based sport, and I think once they accept that, they can pull themselves out of it and then stop being haters. Yeah. Hard. Man, like talking about ego, a lot of people don't know this or will believe it. I was 220 pounds when I first started climbing and you saw me. You just don't remember. I don't. You don't remember. I was very heavy. I don't remember that at all. I projected V0 for one month at Summit Dallas. I I have it memorized. You I said 220? 20, even 222 was my peak, I think. How heavy are you now? Um, 165. Oh my God. How are you so light? I, I, I lost a lot of weight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would have never guessed you weighed that much. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm 6'1". Oh, Jesus. But I projected a V0 for one month and I can reset it right now from memory on the prow, uh, on the smalls in Dallas. Oh, wow. I know exactly which holds is Metolius and I know the set and I can reset it for you because I have that memorized. Ah. So being overweight and just being so bad, like astronomically bad at climbing when I first started was like the best thing for me, I think technique wise, but then ego wise. Cause like oh, wow. I'm trash. Of course I'm trash. Like I'm, I'm never going to get up this until I finally did. Yeah. And so that, that was like a huge thing for me. Like, I think a lot of people need some like I guess that wasn't really trauma, but they need some like something to just like push them down, just someone like flaming them or something. And they're like, yeah. it really does build character. There's a lot to be said about getting your ass whipped in a fight every yeah. once in a while. Like I don't condone fighting. I'm not saying that people who do yeah. mixed martial arts, but it's the one thing that I've heard from a lot of people who do mixed martial arts or do any kind of fighting, like having your ass kicked every once in a while. It's very yeah. like you get balanced out. And mm -hmm. I think I definitely would say the same thing on a rock climb. Like I think the problem with rock climbing is it's so pe it's so easy for people just to say, take, I don't want to finish this. Will you finish this and go down? Yeah. And sometimes I can't tell you how many clients or kids or people that I'm like, you just need to fight until this thing is done. Like, just don't get off the wall until it's done. I don't care if you bolt the bolt. I don't care if you pull, but like, you will feel so much better about yourself mm -hmm. if you just fight to the end. But people won't. They just won't let, they just won't happen. And I think that's a big portion of people, why people don't break through grades. Like, yeah. you'll talk about, oh, I need more finger strength. I need more power. I need more power endurance. I need more of this. And I think people just like, you just need to have your ass handed to you so yeah, you can yeah. learn. Because we say this to the kids all the time. Are you trying to send or are you trying to learn today? And like, and they're like, oh, I want to send routes. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to put you on something that you can't send so you can learn mm -hmm. how to send it. And they just think it's the worst idea. They like hate you. Oh, yeah. They're just like, this is dumb. It's like, well, you asked for this. Yeah. You, you literally asked for it. So. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that, I think what you said is very powerful and I agree with you. I, I think people don't do that enough. I think seasoned climbers don't do that enough. I think the funny part is like new climbers and novice people. They'll relate to that statement so well. And I think when we as seasoned climbers get into this, we really, we disconnect from that. Yeah. And I think that disconnection is actually probably really hindering to our emotional state in climbing. A little bit. Yeah. You know, you get to this point. It's like you do, you 
have in the back of your mind, like, oh, I am better than these people who just walked in the gym. Oh, I can. And, and like, it's a very bad mindset to have. And sometimes that really blocks the fact that like, you had to struggle to get there mm-hmm. and you forget about that. Yeah. And so I, I like to like, sort of humble myself like, ah, oh, I was trash. I was really bad. Astronomical. I wore rental shoes for almost a year too. I will never forget, I climbed in a pair of 510 Coyotes forever. Yeah. And I remember I did my first 510 in them. And it took me, I was climbing at Dallas, back in Dallas Rocks days. And it was on the back on the right of lead wall when that thing was still lead. Yeah. And uh, it, this is actually the route that made me fall in love with pinches too. But there was this super pinchy route. And I just could not like turn my toes and pinch and this concept of just like taking my feet and straddling it a hold was just so beyond me and i remember the day i finally did that and busted through the crux and i'll never forget it i was on a hold on a hold and i put my foot on the side and i basically went out and i grabbed this pinch and my foot stayed on and i was so surprised that it popped off that i was too busy looking at it and it popped off and then i came down and i did it later yeah. but that was that moment where i was just like oh shit like okay yeah, like yeah. this is cool and you know it was 510 something but it was at that moment where like i felt like <sighs> i don't know like it's almost like a paradigm shift in your climbing like you under like it's like someone opens up the best way i can think of it is like you find the closet of narnia and you like open the door and you're like Wow. Oh shit! You can do this? It's <gasps> impossible. Oh, and you're like you're yeah. freaking out, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And I think that's like the thing. But you have to kick your own ass, mm-hmm. or you have to allow yourself to be have the shit kicked out of you in order for that to happen. And no one wants to do that. Yeah. And like, and then I started entering comps, right? Yeah. You've done. That's one thing you've done a lot more than I have. You've done a lot more indoor comps. I've never been much of an indoor comp person. The first comp I went to. I got like 27th place in advanced or intermediate or something. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, you were last. Yeah, but like, you know, I went in there with some expectations. Oh, and so like, I went over the, the summer, I was just like, I gotta train so hard, I trained so hard, so hard. I came back and guess what happened? I got like 14th place <laughs> in advance, not even open. Dude, that's, I mean, that's still a good jump. Yeah, but like, you know, I was expecting I can make open at least, I, I can, Oh, I, I got absolutely destroyed too. And then, so I just like, I did, I stopped, I just didn't go to a comp for a while. I just trained, 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 just workout, workout. And then my pythons blew out. <laughs> so I went to REI, I bought Miras <laughs> the day before the comp. And I went awesome. to the comp and then it was uh, SBS Carrollton. I got absolutely, I, I, I made finals with the new shoes. Was this the year that the men's SBS final was on the right side mm-hmm. of the, the the half moons? Yeah, Claire did the pro- tried the problem after. Yeah, I got absolutely destroyed. I like couldn't even do the first two moves. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Wow, whoa, that was my dude. first finals. It was huge. You know, it's so funny. I see you climbing so much in the gym back then. I would have not been able to realize that was your first finals. Yeah, I would have never known. I was like so psyched and then I got absolutely destroyed. I couldn't even get out of the like the like, next move. Are you still doing indoor comps now? Uh I want to once it like opens up again. Okay. And I'll have to like change my training again, but fair enough. Now is there a there's not a gym. I know there's like probably little woodies everywhere in Carbondale, but is there like a gym? There's a there's a good gym. It's called Monkey House. But oh, nice. um, I'm just, I haven't gone there. It's a little expensive, but now that I've been making a little more money, maybe I'll go back. Nice. Yeah. Support your boy so you can rock climb. 
But for now, I, I've been enjoying outdoor life, so okay. it's been good. But I, I want to transition back, and yeah. So I made that final. I made the Dallas final after that. Oh yes, I remember Got that. Got dead last in that one too. Oh man, and then so it just like was just down. <laughs> I just got destroyed every time until I like won my first one at Carrollton. I think that was like 2018 or something. And I was so scared because this Ukrainian guy was there. He's like climb V13, V14. That wasn't the year that, um, what's his name? Uh, it was McGregor. Was it Gregor? Yeah. He was there, but he, he didn't, he wasn't in the finals. Uh, I was about to say, Gregor annihilates everyone. It was a, a Ukrainian guy. He's like climb V14 and he was really strong. He flashed every um prelim boulder i was like i'm i'm doomed he couldn't figure out the beta until like one attempt after me and i figured it out i was like holy moly it was oh, incredible that it was the highest high of my life but appropriately named beta breaking beta break yeah that i figured is. it out all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i want to break some beta off and one don't go buildering. It's highly illegal, and legal action could be taken upon you. Definitely not allowed, but if you decide to do it on your own, make sure to bring a friend with you, at least someone to look out for the cops. Last and most important piece of beta, please make sure you join the Sticker of the Month Club. You can go to the website, Instagram link. You guys know how to internet. With membership, you get a sticker of every guest that we've hosted this month and the months to come. But most importantly, everyone, get out there and enjoy Sentober. Okay. Drop that. Uh, yeah. 